I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. We're back from our summer holidays. I'm David Reed. this is Marek Larwood. Hello, listeners. Um, and it's good to be back. It must be all for the listeners because we recorded, we pre-recorded a lot of podcasts. Yeah. So we haven't seen each other for a month. Yeah. I haven't actually spoken to anyone for a month. It, this is going to be exciting, then. It's going to be quite difficult for me already. I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm struggling to get to the end of this sentence. Um, whereas, whereas I've just, uh, I've just had a, a non-stop roller coaster ride of social encounters. We've had so. quite different months. Let's tell you what we've been doing. Your, your month sounds really great. Well, I'm writing a play at the moment, so uh, for York Theatre Royal, uh, which will be on next year, about Guy Fawkes, a comedy about Guy Fawkes and the other plotters. Does he die uh, at the end of it? Um, no, but uh, historically, he does end up dying, as most historical figures do. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, so oh, I'm I, in the middle of writing that. I hope I never get historical. Get, get historicalised. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's quite exciting. So no, I was in York writing that, went to the theatre to check it out. Have a look around. It's been what, a while. What is your writing process? Uh, I write an entire thing, then read it and go, no. And I throw it in the bin and start over and do that five or six times. Do you sit... There are some people who sit at desks and can just work. Yeah. Are you one of those people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I Once I've sort of focused in, I miss meals and whole days will go by without me doing anything else. <sighs> I hate people like that. <laughs> I've yet to write a screenplay though, and that's what I really want to do. So that'll be next. Um, but yeah, I was. Why, in, what's your writing process? Mine. I don't. I can't sit down. It's not a medical thing. It's just a. Uh, <laughs> just don't own any chairs. Yeah, yeah. Not earning enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. And my floor is covered in broken glass. Of course, yeah, from reenacting uh, Die Hard all the time. Reenacting Die Hard and a couple of sort of sexual-related incidents. <laughs> um, so I can't. <laughs> so it's very difficult. Right. So you're a pacer. I pace and I write at the wrong time. So I wake up at night and and my brain goes, "Hey, three o'clock's a good time." Oh, to do mine some does writing. that as well. Mine does that as well. It won't let me sleep until I've written down everything. And the worst thing is when you wake up in the morning, a it's rubbish, or b it's completely legible. <laughs> or you've written across you're like you're half asleep. Yeah, when you're writing it. I've written across this my last letter from my grandparents before they died with some rubbish I can't even read. Oh God. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, it, it's just me half remembering a Ross Abbott sketch. Oh, uh, yeah. No, so 
yeah, so oh. you've just been doing that, really. That's good. I was in Glasgow filming a prank show, which I talked about maybe a month ago, where... Well, you predicted that the Glaswegians would be the worst people to do pranks to. One of the other pranksters almost got hit. Imagine this. This is what we had to do for this thing. We had to go and fall asleep. One of the pranks was to try and fall asleep on someone for as long as possible in a park. Right. Rather than pick a nice park, they picked one of those places in the centre of London. The benches didn't even have backs to the seats. 60% of people who were sitting in this area... Yeah. And this, I'm not saying this is typical for Glasgow. I'm saying this is typical for inner city benches. Yeah. Where 60% of these people either were drunk or on drugs or I I would say had killed someone. Yeah, because when, when inner city parks are often not very nice, so people aren't there to, to relax in the beautiful scenery. They're there to be ignored. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm... Yeah. Buddy's Buddy's not ignoring me now, are you, Buddy? It's Buddy. He's he's happy to be back. He's, it's nice. Buddy's trying to. I don't know if he looks. There's something quite um, flirtatious about Buddy. The way oh, no, he's, he's just always him. loose. Okay. Anyway, that's all. One of the things we had to do. It was very stressful, and and the hotel we're staying in half the side of the wall was knocked down, and the building works. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like I, uh, I hate builders. Everywhere I go, there's buildings. Does anyone else have this problem? Yeah, yeah. Well, I live in I live in Camden. It's constantly being rebuilt. Why, why do people? Why can't you just stop? I just need less people. Anyway, that's I'm um, being so. Let's just talk about the blooming summer films. Summer films. I mean, I got to the cinema once uh, whilst I was in York. Did you get to go a few times? I went to see three films. We both went to see uh, one of the films that was the same, which was Alpha Papa. Alpha Papa. So maybe I should briefly talk about the films I saw, other films Yeah, I let's saw. start with those other ones. What else did you see? Well, early in the summer, it's been out for quite a while, I saw the third in the Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, Buddy's getting very angry with a cat in his mouth. His cat is now filthy because I took it with us to York and he buried it in the garden several times. It's not a real cat, just so you know. It's not, it's not our <laughs> cat that we don't talk about. It's a toy cat. Well, once it's um, dead, it ceases to become real, doesn't it? Is that how it works? Buddy wants to play, but I'm going to do a film with you. So screw you. Um, the World's End is the third in the Cornetto trilogy. They're calling it. It's not really a trilogy at all. It's just like saying no, we've made three, three films. Yeah, you can't just have a trilogy. It will cease being a trilogy when they make a fourth film. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like saying oh, I've had three pizzas the last few days. A trilogy of pizzas. <laughs> Maybe I, if they were the I, same pizza. Yeah, they're all pepperoni pizzas. Or the there. one in the middle was really dark and bad. Yeah, and then the last one was cathartic. I actually think uh, of the the first two films, Shaun of the Dead, which is filmed where I live in Crouch End, filmed around the corner of my old house is in Shaun of the Dead. Wow. Um, I quite like Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, me too. I think it's it's good. Yeah, I wasn't uh, overly enamoured by it. Hot Fuzz is one of my. It's probably in my top 20. Really? I think it's a I genius. It. I, I'm sort of in love with Timothy Dalton in that film. I sort of want to be him when I'm his age. Mm. I think he's brilliant in it. I think that the whole, the shootouts, everything, you haven't seen it yet, we can't read, there aren't really any spoilers. It's just a great, it's it's them at their best, I think. Yeah, and that's Edgar Wright's uh, old town, isn't it, that he filmed it's it? Wells. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the World's End. I didn't like it as much as the two. My expectations are so high. It's one of those expectation things when you go in and you think this is going to be amazing. Yeah. 
and it didn't live up to it. If I if it was the first film I'd ever seen by you know Edgar Wright with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, I'd have thought it was very good. It just wasn't as good. I thought it was a bit worse than Shaun of the Dead. Okay. Simon Pegg. The story is Simon Pegg um, is playing this sort of annoying loser who's not really done. He was cool at school when he was fifteen, and he decides to get his. Uh, or when they left school, it was like the last day of their Jesus he's Ray levels, and they went on a pub call which they didn't finish. And they decide to he decides to get in touch with all his old friends, you know, twenty five years later or however old he's supposed to be, yeah, and redo the twelve pubs as pub crawl. But it turns out the uh, small sleepy village they're in isn't quite what it appears to be. It's actually a really big city. No, no, no. <laughs> There's something bad going on there oh, right. with some sort of monsters. Right. Cast are good. Simon Pegg's character he plays someone who's a dick. This character yeah. he plays is a really unlikable loser at school. He's not very nice, but there aren't really any redeeming features to it. And they don't have the and normally you like all the Simon Pegg and Nick Frost characters. Yes, I found his character was both profoundly unlikable, but there were I didn't ever grow to like him or warm to like. That's him odd in the film. for a protagonist. He doesn't have the journey that you know he becomes somebody you like by the end, and therefore I don't think there was there wasn't. Any, I know we bang on about arcs and I hate all that stuff and how each character's got to progress and change. Well, they don't have to, but you know, something's got to change for it to be interesting. There were some changes, but I don't think the characters were really engaging or interesting. It was well made, but it, it was just. I was just disappointed. When I finished my GCSEs, um, my friend Paddy and I went to uh, the baker's and bought... Well, David would have come to the baker's and have a little scorn with me, would well, you? His name was actually Paddy. It was, that's not... Oh, that's okay. not me being racist. Oh, oh okay. um, And we ate six yum-yums each, but we managed it, so we don't have to go back and do it um, again. Was that... A, had you planned that beforehand? No, no, we just went, what should we do to celebrate? We said, well, they're selling six yum-yums on special offer at the baker's. Why did we do that? Um, we felt horrible. <laughs> really, really sick. There's a time when that sort of becomes like not cool to do that. <laughs> but I've gone full circle and now I think it's cool. <laughs> like me and my friend Mark used to go in the local spa. We'd have enough money to get one DVD out or rather video it was then and have a pound left for sweets. So it was 10p bags of crisps yeah. and as many sugary things you'd get in that pound and a bottle of cheap Coca-Cola to go off. And that... And that ceased to become... As a time, I thought that was uncool. Now, there's nothing I want more in the world. <laughs> but a pound. Mm. I'd invested a chair first, but... Yeah, I wouldn't sit... Yeah, he didn't, he didn't have glass on his floor. <laughs> so that's The World's End. I think it had similar reviews across the board. Okay. It was good, but not... Uh, they set their bar so high, and I think... Simon Pegg just looks a bit too like, Hollywoodified is he what's changed about it because I've not seen it I've you know I'm you know massive fan of Space and Big Train and then I've seen Sean and Hot Fuzz what's I really like Simon Pegg but there was a, I was talking to you earlier about this there's a there was um, a t- uh, for our listeners abroad there's a, there's a program called The One Show which is a really sort of it's a seven, on a 7 o'clock at night it's one of those sort of really inane chat shows where two bland presenters <laughs> Yeah. Talk about really boring things. Sounds to sort of get, awful. Guess. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of. Um, uh, and one of them is bald, <laughs> and his voice sounds like someone dragging their fingers down a <laughs> blackboard. <laughs> and one of them is from Yorkshire. Right. That's what I've got to say about yeah, you. Yeah. Anyway, it's um, my only discerning characteristic. <laughs> 
he was on there Simon Pegg was on there and I said to you earlier that someone brought these burgers on like these deluxe sort of uh, hamburgers um, the gourmet burgers and Simon Pegg sat there and he took the bun off and said I can't eat that because of uh, the gluten or something like that he couldn't even take a bite of it and I thought you know what just eat the bu- you think he was slimming because he has to be he LA sh- yes yes but surely you know if you put in that situation you just eat the bun and then do some do some more sit ups that evening in private yeah you know? I, that's all you yeah. need to what's do what's a bun six sit ups yeah, what a bite of a bun <laughs> six seven sit ups yeah if you buy, if you eat the bun whilst doing sit-ups, it's fewer than that. I mean, it's it's an easy system. He's friends with Tom Cruise now, though, isn't he? So that might have changed him. Maybe there might be a glimmer in the yeah, eye. Yeah. Uh, he's his uh, Mission Impossible buddy. Next film we're going to quickly, really quickly. Elysium, I saw. It's another film. It's I, a really great trailer. Now, I, I'm re- I haven't seen it yet. I am re- looking forward to it. Now, this is quite interesting. What is your why you've seen the trailer, have you? Yeah, I've seen the trailer, but mostly because of um District Nine. Because it's um it's uh, what's he called? Neil Blomkamp's second film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And District Nine I thought was wonderful. Mm. Like really well, I've I've said it before on this podcast, but they managed to tell a story brilliantly, a character based story with a really CGI heavy film. It is doable. It's not the you know, it's not the old adage of CGI is awful and any time you use it it's bad. It's not. You just need to have restraint and know what you're doing. But like cinnamon. But yeah, cinnamon isn't itself bad. Yeah. I mean everyone hates Jar Jar Binks made of cinnamon. Yeah. But, you know, that doesn't mean that all hot cross buns are evil. I think I think cinnamon's always good. So cinnamon's a wrong. It's the wrong cooking allegory. Isn't Hang it? On, you were, a month ago when we recorded, you hated cinnamon. Oh, I changed. <laughs> You've changed over the August, haven't right. you? I'm thinking about Chinamen. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're not evil. Okay, well, yeah, I, yeah. I get mixed up between the two, and it's caused quite a fracas. Elysium, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, it is. Um, I'll talk about it briefly. It's. Another sort of dystopian future set about 100 years in the future. Uh, Earth is overpopulated. I mean, it's pretty overpopulated already, but times that by about three. Um, everyone's quite poor. Where have all the rich people gone? Well, they've not gone to Surrey or other bits of the suburbs. Yeah. They've only gone into space, haven't they? They've built their own little... It's nice. It's like a sort of cruise ship in space. And I bet they've not even dropped the ladder down for us to come up. There is they? no ladder. No. Um, Matt Damon is always good. Yes. I like him. He plays um, a sort of uh, robot. He's not really a robot. You think from the trailer he's a robot. Right. He's not. He gets... Uh, the story is uh, Matt Damon was an orphan with a, another girl who obviously that childhood love story that's been in a million films. I love orphans and things. Yeah. They, they always fall in love with, um, with their children and he still loves her and, and she works at a nursing hospital and she's got a child. Matt Damon gets ill Basically, there's no proper health care. The whole of, the, of Earth is run by robots. So Matt Damon has to get to Elysium. Where in Elysium, mm. these people, they've got blooming healing pods in every single house. Like in Prometheus. Yeah. He can quickly get an abortion in a pod if he needs it. Yes, it's, but it's like, it doesn't just do abortions. It does teeth whitening. It's useful. It does... Uh, Make sure you press the right button. Yeah. You don't want to. You don't, yeah. want to, don't want to get in it sleepy. I thought. I wonder what I'd be like. I would, it would probably cure my baldness. Oh yeah, yeah. You'd get hair. Because um, I've seen the I've seen the um, surgery of uh, hair implants on telly. Yeah, it's really basic. 
So it would just I get my hair will grow back. It's quite there's probably things wrong with you don't even realise. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I don't even speak like this when something in this pod. I actually speak like an you know. Who knows what's oh. wrong? Well, wrong way. But anyway, everyone's got these pods and they're trying to get there. Um, Matt Damon's good. I think visually it's very good. The bad guy who is um, uh, the good the good guy in District Nine is the bad guy in this. Shalto Copley. Yes. How is he? It is like watching a South African panto. Oh no! Yeah, because he's really, excellent in District. I Nine. think he's f- really bad in this. And Jodie Foster, who is a great actress, yeah. it seems that she's sort of gone... It's a bit like, what's that film when he gets old and he gets young, really? Benjamin Button. <laughs> Her acting career is... Is backwards. ...akin to Benjamin Button. Because she plays a villain in this. It's like watching a bad Eurovision Song Contest presenter. <laughs> it is, honestly. You know in the you know in these... Fe- in these fe- Hello, Copenhagen! Yeah, yeah. You know that there's a weird. It's a bit like Esperanto. It's that language. Some of these future films. They did it a bit in the um, After Earth one, uh, where they try and speak in this future language where it's not a natural. It's a weird accent. I think. What is she doing? It's fascinating. I doubt that's her choice, though. Is it? It is. It's not the director's gone. What? What's what's Jodie doing? No one. We can't say anything. She cost three million pounds. But the, the, yeah, another guy does it. Who's a, the bad guy in uh, Prison Breaking? He's in loads of stuff. He's great. He's got a really weird face. He looks a bit like Robert Nepper. Yes. Yeah, he's wonderful. He's he, bag in Prison Break. Yes. He, oh, no, not him. No, sorry. Oh, it's no. the bad guy, uh, not Robert Nepper. Excuse me, everyone. Who is he in Prison Break? I know Prison Break well. He's a detective who's uh, chasing. It's more Prison Break Two, maybe. Oh, yes, 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 I know who you mean. Uh, we talked about him before. William William Fickner. He's, he's in always everything. great. He's got amazing... He's the bank place. manager at the beginning of Dark Knight. Yes, he's in he's in being more films than I've um, uh, made grammatical mistakes in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he got it right. He got this sort of futuristic yeah. person right. I think Jodie Foster got it wrong. Uh, I, and... I won't, that's all I'm going to say but there were more plot holes in this film yeah. or and things didn't add up it, didn't, hadn't, it looked like it hadn't been thought through you know when you write a script yeah, yeah. you should ask questions go oh right so if this place is in space how are you going to get there why haven't they got defence mechanisms Here's all. Yeah. there were so many things that didn't make any sense or if they've paper. got an elitist place they're living in and, yeah. and earth is a hellhole then presumably everyone's going to try and get there all the time yeah I, I oh, normally yeah. suspend. I'm quite good at suspending my um, disbelief, but this, the structure, the ideas behind this were so paper thin. It, it, it was just, I found it annoying and it put me off. Okay. Anyway, that's my film. So I. How many Marics? I still quite enjoyed it. I think even five, six, five or six. Five or six Marics, and World's End. How many Marics for that? Seven. Okay, okay. So it's winning your summer so far. Um. Alpha Papa, the Alan Partridge movie. I saw this one. I saw this one, and I think this is brilliant. It's really funny. I'm going straight up. I think there's some faults with it, but this is a ten out of ten. Really, I well, wouldn't go that far. I, I think. Do you know why? Because I think I get. I I think there are faults with it. Uh, for those who don't know, Alan Partridge is played by Steve Coogan. Do you want to explain? Yeah, yeah. Um, Probably the most successful char- comedic character 
of recent years, if not ever. Um, but Steve Coogan plays this character on British TV called Alan Partridge, who is an ex-TV sports presenter who's now a regional radio DJ. And uh, this is his first film outing after having uh, a fair few TV series and other stuff. Um and he is still working for North Norfolk Digital, the uh, radio station, and they they get bought out by some sort of trendy people. And uh, one of his co-workers, played by the brilliant Colm Meany, who uh, is in lots of things, including Con Air, and he's, uh, he's Chief Miles O'Brien from Star Trek. Um, but he gets fired for being too old and past it, and then goes a bit nuts and takes them all hostage with a shotgun. And that's the setup, isn't it? Um, I, I commend the fact that they've kept Alan in Alan's world and just yeah. made his world more filmic rather than, you know, taking him on holiday to Spain or something. It's whether it works as a film, uh, it could have been on TV. I mean, it is the greatest, I think, one of the greatest ever character comedy character creations. Sitcom to film, my God, the, it's just a, a wake of horror, isn't it? Mostly, yeah. they're mostly terrible. Um, I'm, I don't tend to watch them, so I've not yeah. got a big long list of them in my head. But I've not heard good things. I mean, uh, Kevin and Perry go large. I've seen that wasn't strong. That, yeah, uh, the Ali G movie. I didn't mind um, Borat. I thought it was very good. But that wasn't on telly first. Really, he yeah. tried it out in a few sketches, but it didn't have its own show. Yeah, I suppose Borat's the best one of his. Yeah. I reckon, but um, no, this was which was by and large very very funny. I mean, that's what it got absolutely right. I think I w- went back and uh, so Alan Partridge made a comeback. Uh, if you ever go on, the, if you go on the internet and look up what they call uh, mid morning matters, mid morning matters, it was on, on YouTube. They made these ten minute sort of thing, things. When shorts, everyone yeah. thought Alan Partridge was dead, and it was just two cameras, him at a radio station. Just talking, you know, yeah. into one camera, one camera on the side, and him sort of—he knows the character so well. And after after I watched the film, I went and watched more Alan Partridge, and it's—you couldn't watch him in, in anything. Yeah, and I, off the back of the success of those, of um, you know, bring it back, they made uh, some one-off TV specials um, of uh, these are the places of my life, which was brilliant. Um, uh, Alan Partridge going around Norwich talking about just the places that are important to him in a self-involved way, but also sort of spoofing history documentaries. Well, I, I prefer and all him. Sorts. I prefer him when he's um, reacting to someone. Yeah. I think that he's really good at that. I love it. I love it. I I didn't think this was a ten for me because um, it suffered from the fact that none of the other characters got any development. It was all about Alan, and they he didn't. Or he didn't. It's not like he's calling the shots, but they didn't give anyone else any space. They set up other characters, like the uh, the headstrong police chief woman who was in her first uh, big siege, and they set all of that up. And then that never went anywhere. Col Meany's character as a DJ who just loves to DJ. Then whenever he DJs, they just let Alan do it, and he's just sat opposite him, smiling and nodding. You just go, you're just not letting him do anything because mm. Alan's the best character. So the story suffered from that, I thought. Um, but I didn't care because it was funny. Uh, it's not, it's not a brilliant story, you know. I think it takes some missteps and actually then it actually fails to do what it's trying to do at times. Um, but I think the first, it's never not funny, so... 
the first half was really great yeah. and it, it does suffer a bit from that it gets slower and has to resolve yeah. itself well it? it hasn't because it hasn't set up its uh, theme strong enough they then sort of fizzle out towards the middle and then they just tack on a how all of these movies end sort of bit um, that feels to come sort of out of nowhere mm. I think but I, I agree with all that but I think to make I laughed out loud so many times yeah, in this yeah. film I was really laughing, and you thought, I thought, you know what? That's such an achievement. I don't, I don't give a shit. If there's no fair enough. <laughs> you made me laugh. It, this has made me laugh more than other any other film in a long. Well, I really enjoyed T- um, Tim and Eric's um, yes. thing as well. But there's a couple of films that I haven't laughed at. Films that uh, I'm saying it's Twenty One Jump Street made me laugh at that as well. But this made me really, really laugh. Uh, just an idea of how great the character is. There's one bit where he's just sitting in a car, miming to a song. That's all he's doing. Yeah. Mowing to a roach for a song, which incidentally was one of my favourite songs. <laughs> but uh, and to make that fu- f- laugh out loud funny, yeah, it s- takes such skill and such. Ca- and but I also, fun- they, they've done brilliantly there, where it's laugh out loud funny because you know the character so well, exactly. That all he has to do is keep doing what he's doing, and it, you've got a whole sort of back catalogue of all these hours of TV you've watched of that character I mean that's why the tie-in film should be great with all of these things mm. because you, you, as soon as they come on screen you know who they are everybody you know pretty much who's going to see Alpha Papa has seen Alan Partridge before well, I'd love to see, uh, I'd love to hear what anyone um, maybe some of our American listeners mm. maybe our, some of our listeners in Qatar uh, who haven't seen any television stuff and have just seen Alpha Papa what they thought of it and is it quintessentially English yes do you have to be English to get it I guess or, I doubt you do or, or uh, British I should British, say British yeah um, yeah how many Marricks 10 you think I think I agree with all your points but I'm a real I'm a real I love him and I think he's a story though you know I know you are but I, I think he is one of the uh, I, I, I think he, he doesn't even when he's just playing other characters it's not, all I want to do is see Steve Coogan playing a part. Yeah, yeah. And he's, ma- he's he is majestic, and I I could watch him all day. And I'm I, I think he's an absolute genius. I, I'm, I've heard several times Amanda Iannucci whenever you know before all this latest spate of it happening again, being asked, "Are you ever going to bring Alan back?" and whatever. And his answer tended to be. Um, it's nice to have a break because when you do an Alan Partridge thing, you don't spend that time with Steve Coogan. You spend it with Alan, and that's that can get very tiring. Okay. <laughs> but you can see it, can't you? That he's yeah. just so good at it that he'll be playing with it all the time, and it's it's incredible to watch some a, a there's twenty years or more, more than that. I think you've got I've gone in, at least twenty years. I've gone yeah, in, yeah. I've gone into that character. So when in a film. I think he's getting get better as well because yeah, he's, he's now the age the character was supposed to be when he started because he was a young man playing a 40-year-old when, when he saw started. He, we did his quiz show and he's um, Knowing Me Knowing You. Yes. I watched some of that and it wasn't as funny as he is now. Oh, it, no, it wasn't. Funny. It wasn't. And it, more contrived and strange because it wasn't a real world because it was the same three actors playing all of the guests each time. It was Rebecca Front and uh, Patrick Marber and um, uh, Dune McKeegan. Is, yeah, is that yeah. her name? Yes. Um, so you know it was a fictional thing it was far more like a sort of sketch show with a host really uh, but then I'm Alan Partridge I thought just was wonderful that, as a if series you, if you it's on Netflix if you want to see the best comedy series I think of the last 15 yeah, years yeah. 
And I, I think, you know, uh, not to belittle what he's done, but I think Ricky Gervais has uh, a lot to thank Steve Coogan and Alan Partridge for because they, they came along first and then The Office came second. And they, they've sort of... They they made it even realer and more painful, really. But yeah. definitely, you know, I, it's of the same ilk. Um, yeah, I'd give it eight Davids, I think. Oh! I really enjoyed it. That's a good score. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, we've got some um, on our Facebook page. Oh, don't forget to... Um, we should do some plug-in now things, shouldn't we? Plug-in now things. All right. What uh, are we plug-in now? First of all, if you enjoy this podcast... <laughs> Oh yes, and uh, we, want- we do these podcasts in, entirely for free, so if you would like to help us with our running costs, it's uh, it's not cheap to try to go to the cinema as often as possible and uh, put these out, um, but if you'd like to donate to the running costs, anything you can afford, then uh, you can do so at filmfandango.co.uk. Um, and also we're doing a um, live Film Fandango, another one. Film Fandango Live 2. It's October 29th. Halloween-ish. And the tickets should be on the Forge and Foundry website. Go to our Facebook page. As soon as the the link is available, we'll put it up there for you. Please come along. Uh, We're sort of deciding on the format of it. It might just be a big film quiz which we show our own films and and everyone is more of a sort of get-together with lots of prizes. Yeah, but the last one was so much fun. We we decided we definitely wanted to do it again. And so a Halloween one felt, uh, you know would be brilliant so 29th of October put it in your diaries it will be in Camden in London what do I do though if I want to get in I want to get in touch with myself and also with you right well don't call me I've been very clear about that not even a text no and don't come round here okay when it's not the allotted time never come round here okay but you what can what if it's an emergency email, medical emergency then email me <laughs> but it will go straight to me you might get it as well I might get it okay, okay. um you can email me and listeners you can do so too dearfilmfandango at gmail.com why can't I just use your direct email address uh, <laughs> because um, I, you go straight to the spam filter in oh okay and it, what, say my email's down yeah well then you can uh, tweet us at filmfandango or go to our facebook page facebook.com forward slash filmfandango and just go on and like it or follow us because it makes us feel like someone's bloody listening <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and people have written in to talk about just um, the films that they've seen. Should we take turns with um, these? Um, yeah, I can't really see all the way over there, and the mics over here. Oh, okay. Um, what you can saying? read them out. Here's what people have. Um, people on our Facebook page have talked about what films they liked over the summer. Um, okay, Mark J B Bell says Two Guns was good. Marky Mark makes the film. I'd say I love Mark Wahlberg. Um, Mark Edwards said, Pacific Rim, existential warfare with big bastard Roberts. <laughs> His words, Roberts. I've heard Pacific Rim is supposed to be really good. I've heard it's supposed to be awful. Okay. There we so, go. therefore, it's supposed to be okay. Um, uh, Lorraine Haynes, Haynes says, I'm so pleased that Alpha Papa didn't fall into the trap of taking Alan out of his natural environment. I agree. I've said it myself. Um, she thinks this is how you convert from your radio TV internet film without alienation it looked easy but was so clever and funny I loved it I agree Lorraine Lorraine it was excellent Francesca uh, Roscoe Scalicci Francesca Scalicci hello Francesca Uh, Blue Jasmine was really compelling and would be very worth discussing I don't know Blue Jasmine we'll have to look it up for next time 
Sounds a bit raunchy. Oh, bless me. Oh, sounds a bit like cinnamon. Yeah, it does sound like that. It sounds like a toilet spray, to be honest. <laughs> um, Ian Smith says, although I've not seen it, White House Down looks like a remake of Olympus Has Fallen from earlier in the year. Does anyone know which went into production first? I think it's one of these cases. They went in around the same time, so there was no legal battle. It's um, Doppelfilm. Doppelfilm. That should be, that's a good name term for it, isn't it? Doppelfilms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Two films, it's like the Hitchcock one. It always happens, isn't it? That oh, two, always. Uh, Amps and Bugs Life. We've, t- we've done this game before. Doppelfilm. It's a Doppelfilm. <laughs> um, so White House Down just decided to leave it a bit before they came out rather than compete. But there you go. Um, Ian Smith also says Mortal Instruments was pretty crap. <laughs> Of course it was. Of course it was. It's a derivative of Twilight, which is a derivative of Harry Potter. What were you expecting? Um, Alpha Papa is hilarious, although it helps if you're a fan of AP. Kick-Ass 2 was great, although having a 15-year-old swearing isn't as funny as a 9-year-old dropping the C-bomb. I can see that. As she grows up, she'll be less charming in that role. And she's doing uh, Carrie, Carrie, the remake of Carrie. You can't cast anyone in... Yeah, yeah, Sissy Spasic was perfect. Yeah, yeah. I've heard uh, um, good things about The Conjuring as well. Okay. From various people. But thank you for those. We will look into them. It's it's a service we're providing, telling each other whether to see things, you know. We're, we're empowering ourselves, aren't we? Yeah. Doppelfilm. Doppelfilm. Um, all right, well, that's it. Um Yes, we'll be back next week with more films. Uh, once again, if you would like to get in touch, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. But otherwise, we'll be back next week. And please send in your one-minute reviews, the, your sound part. Yes, yeah, really, we really stopped great. asking for them over the summer. So, uh, yes, we will start doing that again. Uh, if you'd like to review a film in 60 seconds or less and send it to us, we will use it as part of the podcast. We'll be back next week. Keep watching, watching the, the films. films. Bye. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.